Welcome to the UCM. We're your tour guides, Zan Peters and Joe Semino. And we're going to be taking you through our humble little museum's collection. The exhibits may or may not be real, but the stories sure are. Enjoy your visit today at the Uncanny County Museum. Install a wrestling ring in here. There's oh my god. There's there's a there's a spotlight in the middle. Oh my god. Who is who is that coming up? There's smoke. Oh my god. It's 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 John Alba. Oh dear <laughs> lord. <laughs> oh no. I got you That's know a heck of an entrance. When because you know I I work on what is called the independent scene. It's basically the minor leagues of pro wrestling, and I play a fictionalized uh-huh. version of myself. And man, there uh-huh. there is nothing like making an entrance. When you're making an entrance, mm-hmm. it is nerve wracking. It is um, intense. It is fun. It's it's a blast. So so that was uh, that was top notch, Suzanne. Way to be. I have to admit, I am fascinated by a lot of wrestling and stuff. I'm I'm I've seen clips of it and stuff, but I do not necessarily. I know it a lot from tropes. I'm. <laughs> I, I I apologize for my second-rate estimation of an introduction. I assume wrestlers get introduced the way that Bruce Springsteen introduces band members. <laughs> more or less, more or less. <laughs> you, know, right. you get you get big oh music. You height, weight, where they're from, big mm-hmm, bombastic mm-hmm. announcement, and uh, you rock and roll. You know, pro wrestling. It's it's such a weird weird world because it's sports mm-hmm. entertainment at the end of the day it's it's a combination right. of the athleticism of sport and then the theatrics of performance the theatrics right. of of a music show the theatrics of a stage show and you combine those two worlds together and you end up with a love child that is this insane crazy industry that i have voluntarily chosen to work in it's pretty insane <laughs> Yeah, cool. yeah, no. I mean, uh again, I I guess uh we'll we'll get right into it, but yeah. first of all, thank you so much for coming on. We are so happy to have you. Thank uh you guys for and, having me. Yeah, yeah of, course. of course. Of course. I guess sl- little little background cuz I I I'm sure this is uh, a little random if people have uh found you uh if if your your many fans have found you here. Uh our moms, our childhood friends, best friends since like they were like five or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. So, which means, huh. you know, and both of them being from, you know, uh, New Jersey, they, they argue a lot, but insist they are best friends. <laughs> no, they are. There's, there's, there's deep rooted love there for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love kind of that, the, the aesthetic of that, of that generation too. My mom's family being Italian, they were, you know, she's like she's talking about you know moving my uh, my grandmother uh, from uh, t- to be closer to her when she winters in Florida, and the way she makes it sound like she's getting all her brothers together, it's like it sounds like she's like assembling the heads of the family, you know? <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Avengers assemble, only it's mafia themed. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, if I can also say too, I think, John, you 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 are responsible, I think, for at least a a good part of my my personality. Not only, you know, uh, I think being one of the first people in my age bracket that I met that was also really into Bruce Springsteen. But also, I believe you were the first person that ever showed me the room. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear Lord, I'm so sorry for that. Um, I I mean, so I I, I am directly responsible for ruining your personality. I see. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I've I've made a. Joe Joe has watched uh has watched it when when we lived together we had uh bad movie night screenings in our apartment mm-hmm. and we would project it on the wall cuz we just had these big plaster walls we could take the photos off and just you know watch whatever we wanted yeah and um yeah we did that we did samurai cop uh, I'm surprised and... that even qualifies as a bad movie it's like I think it's like a tier <laughs> below bad movie. It's un- almost borderline unwatchable movie. No, um, but yes. but I'll tell you what. The, I went to a live screening of the room. Uh, uh, it was actually the day I'm Clarence jealous. Clemens died. I went. Oh my god! I, I was at I was at a live screening of the room in the city, and uh, we we found out then from social media, and we're like, you know what? We're just gonna try to cope by just having the best time of our lives, and. That oh night God. was one of the most fun evenings of my mm. entire life. I Tommy was mm-hmm. Tommy was there. Mark Sestero was there, or Greg Sestero was there, mm. rather. Oh wow! Mark. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, they showed up and answered questions. And Tommy, uh, mm. I, I had a tape recorder in my hand, like like a right. you know like a tabloid press, you know, like a, a paparazzi right, paparazzi. Right. Sword. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, I yeah. held it up to him, like, Tommy, anything you want to say? And he just takes it and, like, basically almost puts it in his mouth. And he's like, hello, how are you? And it was <laughs> just everything that my 18, 19-year-old self ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a Tonight, fun night this that is, was. This is for the Clarence Clams. Right. I mean, The ev- Clarence Clams, we remember he played the saxophone. Right. And then he sings happy birthday. You know, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, no, but like even like when the the spoons and all that stuff, uh, like just Clarence, a big man was smiling down upon. Oh, it was it was mm. such a great night. I would do it again, ten out of ten times mm. in a heartbeat. Did he have mm. all the belts on? I I don't remember. I, mm. It was mm. it was at the Ziegfeld Theater in New York, and okay, it was just it packed. It was the time of my life. I've never laughed so hard in one evening. Oh wow, that's, I, that's amazing! I, I yeah. highly recommend to mm-hmm. anyone, anyone, whether you're familiar with the room or not, make time in your life to do that. Whether mm-hmm. it, it, it'll be better if you're like familiar with the meme culture, but mm-hmm. if, if even if you're not, you're still gonna have a great time. Mm-hmm. I that is mm-hmm. one thing I really want to do at some point. The closest I've come to that experience is when Zan and I watched it together because we had like a viewing party in our apartment with people who very much did not understand it. Um, besides right. a, besides a few, I want to say that was about a fifty percent of there. There were a few, but but the thing was like too, like you know, we had invited like girls we were dating and their roommates, and oh, yeah. they 
They were definitely confused. <laughs> and now, and now you're both single. How about that? No, no, <laughs> no. It's, Love you, Allison. She's out there. No, it's it's uh, it's just it's just funny to you know think about yeah. that. Like I, I always like say this. Like if I'm going out on a date with somebody, or if I'm talking to somebody on an app, like sense of yeah. humor is so important and like mm-hmm. oh, yeah. someone has to understand how fucked up my sense of humor is and if <laughs> mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. don't if they don't get it it's not yeah. gonna work and like no. the, yeah. like i am super into like troll coach culture like that so like the room is yeah. a perfect example of that and right. uh, if they just don't yeah. get it it's not gonna work you know yeah <laughs> for sure yeah. i wonder what is there is there a pipe like a, a room to neil breen pipeline though because i feel like that's what i ended up on because mm. of zan so i'm not sure if that's if they equate right. or not but definitely that it's that very i, I strange think so humor. because neil breen is because i i think there there's sort of a a surface level um like you get into the ironic meme movie culture you get the room you get troll 2 mm-hmm. um and then you're like well okay let's watch you 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 try to find things that are coming out now that do that and there's like the sharknados but those are deliberately made to be bad, to be bad you right? want yeah. you want the and here's actually kind of something i think we can kind of circle into talking about wrestling but um not not that not that wrestling is 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 bad oh it can be (laughs) it can be (laughs) it can be very bad but there the thing about it is that there is a despite things being you know on straddling this line of real and fake there is something very genuine about the room about that kind of culture and then and then suddenly like a beacon of hope there is neil breen who is out of touch with reality in the internet age making movies seemingly unaware that he is making the worst movies imaginable Mm. and they are so funny you know there's people now that try to make bad movies and that's the thing about him it's like He's not trying to do that. He's trying to say the corporations, mm. the the lawyers are ruining this country, and it's like it's just so funny because he means it. He's he's like um he he really believes what he's doing is is important. So I I do you as as sort of more of our our, our expert this week uh. Do you sort of sense that being a little closer to the action? Like, is there even even if people are kind of watching wrestling happen ironically, because I also know that there's a subculture of that as well. Like For sure. are the are the performers like and and the and the people covering it, like, is do you get that feeling of of, of authenticity? I think what it is, it's self awareness more mm. than anything. And if you are in on the gag, the ridiculousness yeah. of pro wrestling, you're going to yeah. enjoy it a lot more. And mm-hmm, you're, mm-hmm. if you are a performer, mm-hmm. if you have that self-awareness, you can then go out there and 
do your craft in a really, really effective way where an audience will take to it. Because pro wrestling is at its best, just like when a movie is or a TV show is, it's it's when it makes you feel something. And mm. there are stories told in individual matches, a David versus Goliath. Uh, somebody right. who has to overcome adversity. Hulk, Hulk versus Andre. Uh, sure, you know, someone has to overcome adversity. Um, good mm-hmm. versus bad. All of these tropes exist within every form of media that we have in our lives, right? Sure. So when you are aware of it and you recognize it, that's when you can lean into it and enjoy it. And you have such a variety in consuming it. And that's what I love about it, like, Gone are the days from the 1980s where every pro wrestler is six foot five and beefy and oiled up. It, it's not mm-hmm. like that anymore. You have so much variety. Mm. It's like going to an ice cream store and you get all these different flavors. If mm. you're into uh, the Giants, the land of the Giants, sure, you're going to get some very athletic big men. If you're yeah. into super technical, like shoot style amateur wrestling that you'd see in like the Olympics, Mm -hmm. then there are performers who can encapsulate that. Um, if, if, if you like comedy wrestling with over the top characters, um, there's, there's a niche for that. If you like strictly women's wrestling, women's wrestling now, it's no longer what it used to be where women are out there in scanty clothes and bra and panties. Now you have incredibly, incredibly talented women who are just, absolutely amazing athletes telling mm-hmm. great stories um but it's mm-hmm. if you are aware of the self-awareness if that's not redundant yeah. that's how you can enjoy consuming the art and like for example mm-hmm. uh when i'm performing and and not just podcasting but when i'm performing my character is the emmy award-winning john alba and the precipice <laughs> of the character is... Should we re-record the intro? Should I redo that? <laughs> and the precipice of the character is so ridiculous. It's that because mm-hmm. I have an Emmy Award, mm-hmm. I therefore am greater on the social scale than you. And my judgment mm. should be trusted over any of yours because I have an Emmy and you don't. So, it and, and it's just, it's played into to that effect that... As long as you're self-aware, it's something that I think can transcend different audiences mm. and people will get it eventually. Interesting. Wow. Wow. It's um, an art form unlike anything else. And yeah. And and for me, my background is I, I was a traditional sportscaster for much mm-hmm. of the last decade, uh, you know, covering traditional sports, baseball, football, basketball, all that stuff. And I've I've been a fan of pro wrestling my entire life. So when I started covering pro wrestling in a journalistic way, mm-hmm. the industry hadn't really seen a lot of people doing it like that. And uh, that gotcha. kind of opened the doors for new opportunities for me, which ends up where I am right now doing what I'm doing. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. What that yeah, I was I was gonna ask about that a little bit. Like I, I you know, I had followed you on uh, social media for, you know, a, a long time. Uh, but I I think I I just suddenly woke up one day and suddenly <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, John's doing wrestling now. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was what was the can I ask what the first uh, what your first match was like? Like, 
walking into that like did you already have your character established like so you're saying from the performing side of things yeah because to, yeah. to, to, to provide some background so i mm-hmm. i currently i i host um video and audio podcasts for the top mm-hmm. top combat sports uh podcast network in the world um, yeah yeah and i i have a few different shows on that with um mm-hmm. some big time pro wrestlers former pro wrestlers I started a podcast recently called The Wives of Wrestling, which is a, a lifestyle mm-hmm. show with two wives of very famous wrestlers. And it's not about <laughs> wrestling at all. The show is hardly about wrestling. It's about, mm. you know, kids and family and sex and alcohol mm-hmm. and like all that stuff. So like, again, it's it's an entertainment thing. But um, when mm-hmm. I decided that I wanted to get into this is a great story. So I was um, my first on air job was in Bangor, Maine. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was a sports director there for an ABC and Fox affiliate. And I was out covering an event that a pro wrestler, a famous pro wrestler named Billy Gunn was at. And, uh, I was interviewing him and he looked at me and he goes, you know, you have a very punchable face. And I said, (laughs) oh my God, I said, oh, (laughs) is that so? (laughs) Cause how else would you react when someone says that to you? Um, right. And he's like, yeah, but listen, it's not a bad thing. He goes people would pay money to see you get your face punched in. I said, hmm, that's interesting. So, you know, I, it was something in the back of, it was something in the back of my head that I always wanted to do. And I mean, Zan knows this, but uh, Joe or, or anyone listening to this, you know, I, I played music for a really long time and, and performed mm-hmm. in bands and, and toured and all that stuff. And when I went on air, I lost that. So naturally mm-hmm. at the heart i'm a performer so i'm gotcha. like i'm like okay this could maybe supplement it and so <laughs> so i got involved with a local independent company you know they're putting on shows mm-hmm. that maybe maybe there's 75 people showing up if that but mm-hmm. it's how you cut your teeth and yeah i've, and I've sure. performed for for significantly smaller exactly <laughs> exactly and so have i and yeah. You know, you kind of figure things out, you figure out what your character can be and I it was kind of a learning curve for me. I knew that I wanted to blend reality in with mm-hmm. character work because I feel like the best forms of fiction are when fact is blended into it and totally. reality is yeah. blended into it. So my character just was myself, a sportscaster, a real life TV sportscaster, turned mm-hmm. up to 14, you know, and mm. <laughs> extremely self, um, very cocky, uh, very self indulgent. Mm-hmm. And because I have an Emmy, therefore I am greater than you. And right, you know, you you kind of learn. Right. You kind of learn how to. My job is as a manager, not a wrestler, but a manager. And a manager, what their job is is to talk for a wrestler that's maybe not a great talker. My job is to get mm-hmm. the crowd to hate them. So, um, you know, I'm basically mm-hmm. doing acting out there, and I'm cutting monologues right. more or less. And huh. that was a really, really strange thing to learn, but. I think my TV background mm. where I'm doing so much improv on air really right, helped right. me with that and, and made me what I I'd like to think pretty good at it. So it's uh, mm-hmm. it's been pretty crazy <laughs> blending reality with fiction. 
yeah yeah and when you go interesting yeah when you go out there like and do these monologues are you mostly just improvising these or do you have like something that you kind of are going off of so normally you know i'll talk to the promoter the person who's Mm -hmm. booking the show Mm -hmm. and i'll say you know what do you want because it's storytelling right like there's there's absolutely right this it's 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 athletic soap opera more or less and (laughs) Hmm. i'm out there and i'll say okay like what are we trying to get across to the audience here and they'll say this this and this and i say okay so i'll create bullet points in my head of how i want this to go and then Mm -hmm. Maybe in the hour or two leading up to my segment, I mm-hmm. will go through my head and try to come up with certain things I know I need to say. I know I, I really want to mm. say. And mm. then once I'm out there, I'll kind of get a feel for the crowd because, you know, it's it's live performance. So you're getting a reaction from a crowd. Right. And you right. never know how a crowd is going to react. You know, mm-hmm. I I traditionally play a bad guy, but... Sometimes a crowd might find me so endearing in a in a trolley way that they're going to cheer me, <laughs> right. Like, right? Or sometimes they might just hate me with so much vitriol that it's like, oh my god, I I got to lean into this more, you know? Right. Um, or the worst reaction is no reaction. If, right. Yeah. If if they're silent, that's when you know, okay, I got to do something here. So mm-hmm, I'll go mm-hmm. out there with a plan. Usually I'll say 85% of the time I see it through start to finish uh, mm-hmm. because I have a very punchable face, so I normally get a reaction. <laughs> but um, sometimes you just got to improv on the fly. And it's totally, uh, yeah. it's yeah. funny. Um, you know, I, like, I'll never forget, like, one time I was at a show. This is like, I'd consider this to be my first big show. It was like probably mm-hmm. like five, 600 people, and it was live stream too. So I was like, okay, there's there's a pretty good crowd here. So I was cutting a promo, a promo it's called when you're talking in, in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I saw someone in the crowd. I was doing like a star search kind of thing. I was like, who, right. who wants to wrestle for me? Like with me representing them. And I saw some kid in the crowd that had like a, you know, like those like crusty little mustaches that people like in their 17 have. Uh, right, right. I, 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 I still have one. Right. Yes. So, 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 pretend for sake of story that that's you out there yeah. holding up a uh, holding up a sign, and it was like "Screw you, Al," was something like that. And <laughs> and I was like, I, and I was cutting this promo, and it wasn't getting super heated. I wasn't getting the reaction that I entirely wanted. So I just see this kid holding the sign, and he's got his little crustache, and I say, "You." You you want to wrestle for me? I, I find that ironic, given that the only thing you have only any experience wrestling is your left hand three times a night in bed, and <laughs> and I, I just improv that off the top of my head, and the right. crowd went nuts for it. Oh, so man. like some, it's wow. just it's it's a combination of like stand up, acting, yeah. theater. It's. It's unlike any other form of art, man. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so it sounds so multifaceted in that way, and the rush has to be amazing. It, I feel it is like, the ultimate it. adrenaline rush. It's the only thing mm. I can compare it to is being on stage with a guitar, and like you're mm. just locked in. And I mean, Zan, you yeah. know this, and Joe, you're yeah. a musician too, you know this. Like mm. when you're locked in, and there's just a jam going on, and there's that moment, and you're mm-hmm. you're kind of feeling the audience, you're feeling the yeah. crowd. 
and you're just in that moment of zen. It's very mm-hmm. much similar to that. And then, you know, Whoa. I also have to be prepared to take an ass kicking too. Uh, because <laughs> right. just like in any right. movie or any TV show, <laughs> the bad guys got to get their comeuppance, right? So. True, yeah. See, with, 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 the, with your character and everything, like, I always, I assume maybe the budget will, uh, you know, afford this one day. But, like, I picture Bill Graham's character in Apocalypse Now where he's, you know, the promoter for the dancers right before the soldiers rush the stage. You just need to one day slink off in a helicopter, you know, <laughs> while while everybody rushes. Well, rushes. You at know, you. that's what we do with long term storytelling. So one promotion that I work for in New England, um, I manage a group of guys, uh, three guys, mm-hmm. and uh, their name is Prestigious, and I'm their manager. Mm-hmm. And um, we started picking fights with this group of girls, and mm-hmm. and the whole idea here is okay. Swarmy little John is eventually going to get his ass kicked for sticking his nose where he shouldn't. And so, like, this one girl in particular, I just kept begging her to join our group because we wanted to, like, control them and all that. And she kept mm-hmm. denying and denying and denying. I, I I went out there and formally proposed that she join with a ring pop, you know, like, 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 <laughs> like, just like over the top ridiculous stuff. And right, every right. time she was about to get her hands on me at the very last second. I would pull out I, or something would save me, you know, until <laughs> finally the moment right. that she got her hands on me and she beat the crap out of me. The crowd <laughs> legitimate standing ovation of 400 people uh, just Dang. because, you know, a bad guy like in any movie, they have to get yeah. their comeuppance. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's wow. it's interesting to see how like cinematic it is. Extremely but also very... cinematic. But in that like theatrical sense too, because like it's it's got to have that other leg. I mean, I've never been to a pro wrestling or any wrestling event for that matter. That's I think fun. I've been to maybe <laughs> one boxing thing, and that's it. Um, but I and and kind of like what you said about being on stage with the guitar, which I totally relate to, and have been in that um, you know that setting, and it is amazing. It's incredible with performing. But in this, it's like I feel like there's so many tropes happening, and there's so much different you know, energy's going on with the very cinematic approach and the very theatrical one that there are, there's this, there's this crossover that I feel like even as an audience member has to be really incredible where it's like, you know, you're watching this movie, but then also you can like smell everything in the air yeah. and then there's like yeah. stuff yeah. happening and there's this total and four dimensional view. Absolutely. To it. Absolutely. And it's an industry that is built on a magic trick. You know, objects oh, in the mirror are yeah. closer than they appear. And you know, the audience knows that what they're watching is predetermined athletic competition. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you suspend your disbelief and you get locked in. Like, for example, Mm -hmm. like, what would you guys say your favorite, like, dramas or comedies on TV are? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, I'm late to the game, but I've, finally been watching twin peaks okay twin peaks what about you joe like like what's what's a show you like um god i like letter kenny as a comedy show that's one of my favorites yeah yeah. so you know the crazy thing about those they're fake just like pro wrestling (gasps) you you serious (laughs) and 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 it's funny whenever i say it like that because i do this to everybody i I do that exercise i just do with you Yeah, yeah, yeah they're like oh Okay, 
Like <laughs> The Office. I love The Office. Guess what? Right. The Office was yeah. fake. You know, so mm. you're and everyone you're telling me the office was scripted, right? And everyone watching <laughs> the office, and guess what? everyone watching the office, everyone watching Seinfeld, everyone watching this stuff, they know it's fake, and it right. and and you yeah. don't feel the need to go to your friend and be like, you know, it's fake, right? So it's yeah. right, yeah. It's it's the huh. same exact concept in that sense. And the thing though about it is, it is storytelling in such a unique way. And yeah. what I developed over my career as a journalist is learning how to develop characters and stories, uh, learning mm-hmm. how to climax a story, stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I can help incorporate that in storytelling in this unique setting. And then in turn, what that helps do when I have this really thorough understanding of the industry, it makes me a better broadcaster when I'm doing For my sure. podcasts, which are all long form podcasts interviewing massive superstars from our industry it makes me mm-hmm. better at what i do because i have an understanding of it unlike a lot of other broadcasters at that level right right yeah i mean i i think that's that's such a that's such a wonderful thing to to understand about it going from you know a, a, again quote unquote real sports you know but taking that into uh that realm cuz you're you're totally right i mean as 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 should be self-evident we take fiction fairly seriously in 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 a lot of sense and we understand it as as an important part of our culture i think part part of my own reappraisal of wrestling you know i would hear people talk about it i mean even um i think you know it's it's kind of like uh it's it's hearing you know someone have a a genuine experience and a take on it that lets you sort of reevaluate it and stuff and i think even listening to you talk about it when we've uh hung out in the past it's even like actually that i it's i'm just now realizing you're our second acdc expert that we've had on too. <laughs> uh, our first our first being colby white uh, but I think both of you have done your part to get me to appreciate the the depth of them and their catalog, and, which and, and the depth of the dynamics of the rhythm playing and all that stuff. And like, right. you know, but but like, and I'm going to draw this to wrestling here. There's nuance yeah. to that, right? And yes. and there's so yeah, and right. like people will say like, oh, ACDC, that's just simple A, G, C, and D chords. That's that's all their catalog, mm-hmm. but. There is nuance to the dynamics of the playing and to the right. performance of their shows. You've seen them live. Angus Young is unlike mm-hmm. any other live performer in the history of history. Yeah. So yeah. when you take those nuances and those little elements and you translate it to this art form, that's what appeals to me about pro wrestling. And I don't fault right. anybody mm. who doesn't get it. I don't get mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. I don't understand it. I've, I, I love Star Wars. Fair Star enough. Wars is like my favorite, <laughs> favorite everything. But right. I hate Lord of the Rings. And people are like, how do you like Star <laughs> Wars but don't like Lord of the Rings? And I'm like, I don't like wizards. I don't like elves. Okay, but you like space wizards and samurais. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so, so, like, different... You know, when, you say, when you say it like that... Yeah. Di- right. Di- different I'm just not going to say anything. Different, you know? <laughs> yeah. Hi there. My name is Colby White, and I'm one of the hosts from Force Football Facts, a podcast where my friend Zachary and I force our other friend Tyrell to give us insights into the game even though he doesn't know anything about it. We use our humor to bring you weekly football news in a new way that takes fan opinions into account while also helping new fans understand why we love this game so much. 
You can check us out on our website, forcefootballfacts.com, or wherever podcasts are available. Hope to see you soon. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of again, part of my own reappraisal of it was the HBO documentary from uh I think at this point several years ago on Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course I knew growing up as uh, you know, from Princess Bride. Sure. Um but you know, seeing his story and then seeing um, you know, them talk about his heel turn uh and look at you using you know, insider I, terms ah yes yes see i i know i, I a heel yeah, turn I, for those listening is, is when they <laughs> become a bad guy yeah see oh. that, joe, I'm, joe i i know some insider terms there you go a real pro wrestler yes. here uh so but watching uh the other wrestlers particularly hulk hogan you know who you know uh we, we can excuse his uh we we I, I should say we're, we're not necessarily like excusing the 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 use of the n-word or charging 50 dollars for a bandana um you know arguably <laughs> right. the greater crime uh, apples to uh, apples right yeah right uh-huh. right <laughs> but watching hulk hogan like actually start to tear up yeah. talking about yeah. that match and i don't know if that's again you know putting it on for you know turning it on for yeah. uh for the documentary turning it on for the cameras but i i at least kind of got sucked into it i mm-hmm. got even yeah. if he was performing in that moment even though this is all a thing that they just admitted was scripted him and vince mcmahon are suddenly like uh vulnerable mm-hmm. if i if i dare say well like i said you know pro wrestling i think is at its best when it makes you feel something and you mm-hmm. can feel right. triumph you can feel heartbreak you can feel excitement you can right. Yeah, they are performers that are human at the end of the day. And um Yeah. That's that's the thing. And like there's another series that I highly recommend anyone check out because you don't have to know a thing about wrestling to really delve into it. And that's uh Perfect. Vice TV's Dark Side of the Ring, which is mm. um it's basically about all these infamous things that have happened in the pro wrestling world and it's more or less mm-hmm. true crime. And um right. and like you mentioned to me earlier when we were talking that you knew like about the Chris Benoit stuff, like there's a full episode yeah, on that. Rabbit Wolverine. Um it, it's it's very it gives you this unique and and very cold look at the industry that's just mind blowing. Um hmm. and it's it's mm-hmm. such a fascinating world that is just I, I, I said it five times already, but I'll say it again, it's unlike any other form of entertainment. It's wow. it's just yeah. wild. I I I I literally cannot imagine. I mean, I I think it it is one of it. It's one of those things where you suddenly, if if you're kind of in our uh, in in our worlds of I I guess nerdy art students for the most part, <laughs> it's it's suddenly you turn around and there is this thing that is very important to a lot of people that you know you just kind of don't don't realize you don't realize that there is this uh there's a there's a lot of people that care about it and like you were saying you know also are in on this is scripted but it is still important it's not less important for uh for for being like that you know i guess it it, it, it's it's like a concert it's it's very much like a concert and then there's the sports Mm -hmm. side of it there you have these mm-hmm. incredible athletes. I mean, they are yeah. really tremendous athletes uh, doing mm-hmm. these things that are very real and hurt a lot. 
and right. you know, like they're giving their bodies for this art form, and it's it's weird. Do you, do you have it? Do you have it? Uh, any any rules about like uh, they can't mess up the hair? No touching of the hair, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No. No. The only thing <laughs> I, I had my nose reconstructed, so if I ever, oh. it's called a bump. If if you are taking a fall uh. or anything like that. Um, if, if I'm ever bumping, uh, for someone, uh, I tell them just to try to stay away from my nose outside of that. Pretty much anything uh-huh. is fair mm-hmm. game. Um, Dang. Wow. like, like those, those chicks beat the living hell out of me. Uh, and, <laughs> and, 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 but I, I felt good about it because I could give back and like right. you do it in a mm-hmm. way that you, the, the optical illusion of pro wrestling is that people are trying to hurt each other, but in actuality, yeah. they're protecting each other. And because you're protecting any, you're protecting each other from getting hurt in doing these dangerous things. Um, So when someone, you know, I mean, everyone has seen a body slam, you know what a body slam looks like when someone is body slamming someone, it looks like, oh, they're throwing them head over heels onto the mat. But in actuality, they're they're cradling their head and putting them down in a way that it, it looks violent, but they're actually protecting them. So interesting. Uh, yeah, there, there's, I mean, a whole element of trust and mm-hmm. Uh, co- mm-hmm. camaraderie that is a huge part of all of it. And I feel yeah. like that takes a lot more skill, uh, not to set skill levels to these things at all, but like one of the things that's always, you know, again, not knowing much about wrestling and then wanting to be curious about it and then always being told like, by, by people who do not like it, I should say, like, oh, well, it's fake. Why would you watch something that's fake, as we've covered mm-hmm. you know, previously with some great answers? But this idea, too, of violence being captured in something and like how people would much rather watch like MMA or boxing where there's like re- there's real it's masculine very violence. Real violence. There, but... wouldn't, you like controlled <laughs> vi- wouldn't you like controlled violence more than like actual real? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Like this, this actually exactly yeah well, th- this this brings me to also a, a question I have had I I forget where I heard this this was years ago I think they were talking about it, it was in reference to Tom Brady um mm-hmm. but they were talking about um how wrestling since you know since the I guess the the eighties or so of the era of you know. Um, you know, when it stopped, when when it started having like, you know, a national league that people all across the country would be seeing the same matches. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that kind of the right timeline? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's um, kind of around the first WrestleMania where like Hulk Hogan and, yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the take that I had heard, and I would be very uh, curious as to your thoughts on it, but that wrestling was ahead of the curve in that it figured out that, oh, we've only got X amount of time, which is how long it takes for people to do the sports, uh, and that's all we really have to show people. But we can create more content by getting people interested in the backstories. And I feel like I, at least, again, from my limited sports knowledge of just... Sure, you know sure. seeing seeing sports on tv in bars and at friends houses um you are seeing the rest of sports trying to come up with other things to talk about um players personal Dude, lives to 100%, talk about their leg their 100%, legacies 100% you know it's character building right and like yes. like yeah. you become more invested in an athlete when you mm-hmm. know their backstory and right. and mm-hmm. sometimes those backstories are very endearing 
And mm-hmm. and we all relate to that stuff because we have all in some form faced tragedy. We have faced triumph. We have all encountered those real life things. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, you know, character building is such an enormous part of pro wrestling and your gimmick, mm-hmm. which is your character. Like that's you need to have an understanding of that before mm-hmm. you can even go out there and perform. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally agree with that take, and I think that that is a huge... There is so much pro wrestling in every element of real life. It's It blows mm. my mind every single day <laughs> uh, when I encounter these things because, yeah. you know, it, it's so funny. I will, I will, like, be talking to people, and they'll be like, well, I don't, mm. I don't watch that now. Um, you know, I, it... Uh, it was much better back in uh, the 90s mm. when you had The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm like, brother, it is the same <laughs> thing. And, like, my dad will be like, this was the best. This was actually great. So my dad will be like, what What do you, what, like, how does this appeal to you and all that? I'm, and I go through it all. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, I found a scrapbook of his recently. And he had oh. all these, ti- and he had all these ticket stubs <laughs> in the scrapbook. And I'm going through it, and something catches my eye. It's from the Brendan Byrne Arena in, in the Meadowlands. And lo and behold, my dad in 1981 went to a WWF show that had Andre the Giant and Pedro Morales and all these Whoa. massive names. I, I go, hello, like pot calling the kettle black. Like, what, what are you talking <laughs> about here? And he goes, oh, well, you know, it was different back then. I'm like, no, it wasn't different back then. If anything, it was worse right. than it is right now. Right. So, oh my so god, oh it's my that. God. But, but you know, it's, people it's like, people li- hold nostalgia, right? So, oh yeah, no. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. like li- listening to my mom like talk about Led Zeppelin mm. is like because I'm I'm approaching it as as you know not 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 to make my I, I'm not trying to make myself like sound better. But I'm approaching Led Zeppelin as like almost like archaeologically, yeah. like as a guitar player. <laughs> right, I'm, right, yeah. But but listening to my mom talk about it, like, and I'm like, oh, can you believe how good this this is recorded? How? And she's like, I don't know. We were just into you know him, Robert Plant in his tight jeans, and uh, you know she and you know he could sing really high. That was kind of it, you know. Huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, and he's he's wearing like you know the 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 shirts of girls that he slept with the night before mm. on stage you know it's well and it's like it's like you know my mom loves born in the usa which is probably mm. like bottom of the barrel springsteen album for me and you know i'm like <laughs> give me the give me the emotional pain of tunnel of love and then my right. mom and my mom loves like born in the usa and like yeah we, we're talking about the title track one time and she's just like mm-hmm. you know it's just so like big and rambunctious and like loud and I'm like all right but like are you processing what it's about she's like we didn't care about that back then <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like and that is the difference here you know? this has right. to be a universal thing because that's exactly what it's like with my parents as well more so my dad with music where it's all it's about the hits it's about the the right. real quick things that are loud or entertaining, and and also you know yeah. in, into the nostalgia. I think of all it, it, this goes with wrestling, this goes with sports, music, SNL, whatever you want to do, right? Where people always yeah. say, "Well, that's better back then." Of course, and mm-hmm. it's not like realistically, it's not right in many cases because things always improve as they go, or they just change. And for the individual, it becomes something completely different. 
And so, like, I imagine in, in wrestling, it's 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 got to be that same way, just like it is with the different, you know, either if it's a Led Zeppelin album or, you know, with Springsteen, just like... Well, yeah, because re- wrestling has very distinct eras. Extremely right. distinct like, eras, yes. Right. And, like, listen, pro wrestling right now has fewer eyes on it than it's ever had, but mm. but it has more money in it than it ever has because of media rights yeah. and all that stuff. Quality of in-ring action, like if like you're talking about from a pure like storytelling and like athletic standpoint, it's never yeah. been better than it is right now because we just have these incredible athletes who are so able to adapt to different styles and come from different backgrounds. Mm. They've gone through Japan, they've gone through Mexico, everywhere. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but this generation is not producing superstars like how I mean, you guys don't have to know anything about wrestling to know who Dwayne the Rock Johnson is, right? Like, right, of like, course. Like yeah. everyone, and or Hulk Hogan, like you said, mm-hmm. because John back, Cena, John Cena, yeah, because true. like that's the thing. Like it, the in that era, the way that people consumed media was so different. So right. you and and yeah. the and these and like think about it this way. I this is what allowed a guy like the Rock to be so successful. Mm-hmm. The Rock is coming up and entering prominence 1997, 1998, 1999, 2000. What's mm-hmm. really big around that time? South Park. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like adult shock humor. Uh, Howard mm-hmm. Stern. Like where mm-hmm. people like pushing the needle a little bit and what you can say and all that. And because of that culture, The Rock ascended to a whole new level that people just became so enamored with and more eyes than ever were watching at that time. Monday Night Raw, WWE's flagship program, was outdrawing Monday Night Football, which is an institution. Whoa. Oh my God. So right. So like when you hear that, and like you don't have to know anything about football to know that Monday Night Football yeah. is is, you know, institution. So yeah. I mean that's to put you know, we're talking six, seven, eight million people every single Monday are watching pro wrestling. And then now uh, you know, that same show is lucky if it cracks one and a half million. So it's just a totally, yeah. but people have changed how they, people don't have traditional cable anymore, you know? Right. You know, it's, so it's, it's changed. It, it's in it. It's in its indie rock era. It's the way that uh, there are so many extremely good bands and artists yeah. right now that can walk down the street and not be bothered but they have a very loyal, extremely fan base. loyal Spre- fan base. spread yeah. spread across spread across the globe. Uh, they they're not they're not getting harassed. And then, but then there's people that like may not have ever heard their music unless like, oh wait, wasn't that in a car commercial? And it's like, like I I saw <laughs> I saw the Black Keys recently. Uh, or I mean, it's it's been a few months now, but uh uh in in Florida, and they played a. They play Janice live in Florida, which is like a space between a couple of buildings <laughs> on a fairly small stage. And you're like, oh, my God, it's the Black Keys. It's it's this super famous rock contempt, you know, for, for right now, you know, maybe a little past their their biggest. No, but they, they've their, played uh, Madison Square Garden. Yeah, know? but they're, right. now now they're now I'm I'm 15 feet away from them and I'm like looking up into someone's apartment right now. Like That's so cool. Oh my god. Yeah, and like that there is this. I I I almost think like 
you're able to do more with that. A lot, at least people yeah. in the music world have a tremendous amount of creativity at their disposal because the money's there. They and they don't need to appeal to mass homogeny. Yeah, yeah. You, and you can have that more intimate approach to these things too, rather than the very grand scheme, very grand scale rock star esque type look to it some people still do that of course but it there's, right. there's more flexibility yeah i i mean i think i only became familiar with john cena post meme <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but like I'm like but think about that too. like the ability to yeah. break into meme culture even oh yeah well, yeah and no, then I, now he's like a famous actor i mean listen john cena is the next dwayne johnson like i mean he is going oh, yeah. to be john cena is going to be the biggest movie star in the world and mm. uh it's just crazy how that stuff works yeah he's peacemaker yeah. now yeah he is and he's great he, he was mm-hmm. yeah. to play a role like that yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've, I've liked him in his acting, and I think, like, because th- that's, this, this is also an interesting thing, because I feel like there was a period of time where no one could decide on whether or not wrestlers made good actors, because Hulk Hogan, I think, like... Oh, he was terrible. <laughs> yeah, but, and, and I, I don't know, again, if this was the time period or not, but, like, he was obviously extremely popular in in his moment in wrestling, but then never could figure out the acting thing uh, in the way that, like, uh, isn't um, the... Uh, Batista was Dave, a, was... Dave Batista. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Batista. Uh, it it worked out. Um, who's the the, the other? I, I'm his name is escaping me, but I know there's um, there's another kind of like '90s 2000s actor who is who is in wrestling. Um, I mean, there's been a lot original. that have that have come through and through. I mean, The Rock, but even like you look at The Rock and mm-hmm. his his wrestling background laid the foundations for his acting career and like mm-hmm. yeah. Was that was that like what what was his character in in wrestling? Because he's probably the one I know the he least. He was about. he was himself more or less, just this mm. suave, a little cocky, but but just very. Uh, I mean, his energy was so infectious that you you mm. couldn't stop, and he could talk his way out of anything. So. It's one of those things that he just kind of was himself and, and moved on. I mean, other actors, you know, you're talking Roddy Piper had a little bit. Mm. Um, Kevin Nash has showed up in a lot of movies. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of people who have. And it's cool to see the ones that kind of reach that next level. And, and that's where I yeah. think John Cena is mm-hmm. very much. Uh, Sasha Banks was an uh, integral part mm-hmm. of The Mandalorian this past year. Uh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. true. And uh, she was great in it. Um, yeah. So you know, there's there's definitely opportunities for those people. But like, what's the one thing that's so great about John Cena's acting and his sense of humor? It's that he's self aware, right? Like he know mm-hmm. he doesn't yeah, take himself right. too seriously, and that's what mm-hmm. the genesis of the Peacemaker character is. It doesn't take itself mm-hmm. too seriously. So mm-hmm. uh, it all ties back into that over uh, overlying theme that I was saying, underlying theme no, rather. I- that that's 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 beautifully kind of kind of illustrated there Mm. i mean because it's he he looks like you made an action figure into a real boy you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) where where's 
You know, they've got that new Pinocchio movie coming out. Like, what if they did Pinocchio, but it's John Cena? Hey, he, you know, I mean, I'd, anything's I'd possible. It. Yeah. Okay. He, I don't know if this is a, a, if I should even be saying this idea out loud, but I have always thought, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was, like, a movie where, because mm-hmm. you, you could, there's the obvious connection to make, uh, you know, violent sport make the connection to like ancient roman gladiator matches oh right Um, so what if you had uh a movie about gladiators that were more like failed theater people because the romans were really into theater as well so they started putting on theatrical gladiator matches they get really popular but then they get too popular and have to go up against the real gladiators <laughs> that's a good that's a good I wrestling like that but like that gladiators pitch. i like that pitch that's yes. good stuff there but you know it's yeah, funny yeah. like my college thesis was on like the mil the militarization of sports and like mm. there are while you might look at pro wrestling and be like that's a gladiator sport i would argue that pro football and or football in general rather uh, mma hockey they're wearing wearing uniforms you you have to hand that to wrestling wrestling the individual stands out and i'm and and in the military you've all got to wear the same thing well yeah but like when i say military militarization i just mean like Mm -hmm. war terminology even like think about it like in football and again whether you know anything about football or not like Mm, the, the the main defensive play when when defensive players rush at the quarterback it's called a blitz which is right. taken yeah, from great, a yeah. blitzkrieg. Um, mm-hmm. the, the football field is called a gridiron, which is war terminology. Mm-hmm. They often call a quarterback the field general at war terminology. Right, right. Even as simple as calling a sports team the Warriors, that is yeah, war terminology. The, you know? command, the, the Washington Commanders. That, bingo, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, it's funny when I, the Patriots... So yeah, when I, I hear these like arguments, like, oh, it's savage when I'm like, man, it is so embedded in like regular sports culture that it doesn't even compare. I think like, have you ever seen um, George Carlin's monologue? Baseball on the very versus first, football. The, yeah. The very first episode of SNL, George Carlin was the host. Joe, have you ever seen this? I don't think I have actually. It, it's it's pretty easy to find, I think, on YouTube or whatever. But George Carlin was the was the first host for the first episode of SNL, and I guess that would have been like seventy eight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his his opening thing, which by today's standards seems like the most tame thing George Carlin ever talked about, because you don't think of George Carlin and you're like, oh yeah, he talks about sports. <laughs> uh, but he he talks about the the difference of um. Uh, b- between baseball and football and i guess he would have been in that moment where football was overtaking baseball in popularity and pointing out how uh it is it is so much more militaristic you know football mm. he's like football's played in a field baseball's played in a park yeah like stuff yeah. like that exactly yeah, like yeah. Right. like you score a touchdown in baseball you run all the way home and like <laughs> you know like so right, yeah. it's it's just my my point here being that like there's a lot of hypocrisy and misunderstanding when it comes to pro wrestling and like look pro wrestling is For not sure. a perfect industry it's a very flawed industry in fact because it's an industry mm-hmm. that is built on a lie right like like i said mm-hmm. like right. it, it is all theater everything you're seeing but it's athletic theater and 
Um, I just, I think that some people have that misunderstanding of it. And because of that, you get certain perception that I, I don't feel is entirely fair. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a good point though, too, especially as you're talking about the militarization of, of sports. Cause it's, it's, it's something that I know because of a professor we had who, anytime you would use terms like to execute a project, for instance, it was like a red flag for just like changing around the language. Yeah. Um, but, but in this case of where that comes from. We, we also know. had a professor that like would needlessly draw attention to, you know, ter- just turns of phrase, but like, like I, I remember saying once, I was like, I, I need to wrap my head around that. And then she just moved her hand around her head and she's like, wrap your head around it. What it's a crazy. phrase. Isn't oh, this is, divine? It's, it's, it's great. I love it. But, yeah, but it's sorry. really... No, yeah, no, yeah. it's it's cool, but it's one of those things where it it determine out the terminology does matter in certain cases, and I think like as you're saying, it's a bit ironic in that case where you have something like football that is it it has all the war terms, right? It's treated as a strategy, quite literally, and how mm-hmm. it goes. But then pro wrestling is the thing that's more violent. Think think back to um you and I mean uh Joe and I went to a soccer match oh, in yeah. Italy. It was crazy. Florence versus Milan and I have never seen so many like bloodthirsty children. Uh, must oh, have been yeah. insane. Must have been Oh no, it's insane. it's nuts. And I mean like the thing is even like, like they're the- doing like the Italian version of flipping people off like the hand under the chin thing. Yes. I got wor- it got worse than that too. I mean, yeah, they, but yeah. they but they take it so seriously because it's also these rivalries that have existed for like centuries, right? And oh, then yeah. now you no, translate like, it into the, sports. The, the Milanese and the Florentines used to like actually kill each other. I mean, yeah, you know? literally. And now, <laughs> yeah. they, and now they and now they scream for for their soccer players to to yeah. to duke it out. Pretty much, yeah. It's just, it's kind of crazy, and the energy in there is raw. Like I'm not really yeah. into like big crowd event things like that but I, I was getting into it i was like i could see the mm-hmm. hype like i get this i understand you felt how it, it in your bones i definitely did um yeah, but yeah, i yeah. mean like even like with hockey and stuff too because that was more my experience which is a very aggressive sport in that yeah. case i mean it is this i don't know it, it, they all have their different um qualities to them and as well as just in general with fan bases but i do mm-hmm. think that you know it I think there's, there's, in a way, I don't know if this would be true in saying, but I feel like there's more stakes and also less stakes when you know the thing you're watching is fake, but you get so invested in it, right? Like, it's like when I watch something on Netflix and, you know, a terrible plot twist happens and I'm emotionally invested in what I'm looking at. But at the end of the day, like, nothing serious, I guess, is happening. Whereas I feel like in, in like, more, like, let's take football as an example, you do have... I don't know. I, I wonder if it is that same type of thing or not, where you have stakes, let's say, especially if you're betting or doing whatever on the team and you really need them to win, that you're getting that like momentum up mm-hmm. and then it either happens or it doesn't happen based on chance and just skill. Whereas I feel yeah. like like maybe in, in the in with wrestling or with any kind of fictionalized creation, yeah, yeah. it is a bit plotted out and I wonder if that creates a bit of that tension. Well, it's it's storytelling, people. right? Like you yeah. you yeah, are baited sure. in to want to hook your audience to right. the point where they can't wait for the payoff. It's all mm, about the chase. Yeah. It's all about the chase. And yeah, you're right. waiting for that main character to finally grab what they're looking for, to accomplish mm. what they're trying to accomplish. And then yeah. bam, that's when it you happens. Just, you just want 
you want Ace Ventura to help Dan Marino find that doll. Bingo. Now you're yeah. talking. <laughs> did, did Dan Marino do any acting besides Ace Ventura? I don't know about that. Hmm. I just, I just think that, like, I just think that we as consumers of stories get very invested in mm-hmm. characters that we resonate with. Mm-hmm. And there are going to be some characters in whatever form of media that you don't resonate with. And there's going to be some mm-hmm. that you really do. And because you see some of yourself in that character or you see someone mm-hmm. that you know in that character and yeah. you get invested in their journey. And mm-hmm. that's why we love certain TV shows or certain movies or whatever. It may yeah. Be. And it's a very similar concept with this. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think that's also been. I feel like I've had this com uh, a a version of this conversation with, uh, with people that I I you know mainly older guys that you know I'll I'll be talking to for whatever reason even at one point a therapist, uh who was like what music do you like I'm like Bruce Springsteen I'm like Bruce I don't get it I don't get mm. it and you know kind of like what what do you see in him. Like what? What do you what do you like about it? And I feel like that's the thing that I've, you know, even though I, in in a lot of ways, he is from such a different world than me, and in a lot of ways, he's from like you know almost this this era that I you know have to like even consider my own romanticization of it, but like you know romanticizing New York and New Jersey in the in the seventies. Well, uh, like, and I'm not but, trying to cut but, you off here, but, but I, I just want to make yeah, yeah. a point on Bruce real quick, like, because mm-hmm. you, you brought him up, like, yeah, what's, I mean, iconic mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen line, someday girl, I don't know when we're going to get to that place where you really want to go. That, yeah, yeah. that's the chase right there. Yeah. Yes, it is. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. I, Continue Bruce, with it. Bruce, I, I just... Bruce, no, no, no. It, I mean, that's, that's it. I, I've, he has so many lines and so many songs from across his career that have really spoken to me and gutted me and gotten yeah and 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 i've i've connected i feel like i've connected with it and a lot of people have connected with that and and plenty of other artists that suddenly there's there is just this thing that uh you you feel you you realize someone else has felt the way you do and that's suddenly real about it i think because at at one point i as as a kid you're like trying to figure out like how how true things are and i i don't remember how old i was but like trying to um figure out bruce's stories that he told between his songs on on the live albums particularly the the 75 85 box set and trying to fit that into the stories that he was telling in his songs, like The River, which The River is more of his sister's story. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember, like, first time I was, like, aware of that song, I was like, did this really happen to him? And then, you know, and then you're thinking about it, you're like, no, this this doesn't make any sense, because Bruce is a famous rock star in this universe. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) but... um, you you realize his his place as an observer as as someone you know i think even in in uh clarence clemens autobiography you know he's like i get paid for you, you know like i i get paid for bullshit you know um and and he's even talked about that magic trick of of you know he uh can pull you into a story and make you feel it 
Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a wonderful wonderful thing, and you doesn't uh, the 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 sh- the the relationship to you know abject stark reality. Sometimes it's a more safe place to approach things from mm. from a, a a fictionalized version where things are taken to the extreme and, and people are getting thrown around and punched, but uh it's it's all kind of a similar thing. Like I, I even kind of wonder what if he's ever spoken about like a relationship to sports and wrestling because i almost feel like that was how he introduced clarence obviously he did the music for the wrestler or he the at least the uh the song uh for the wrestler the movie um i i'm i'm curious what i'm curious how much of that he uh he was taking in yeah no i mean as you were saying all that like you other things came to mind like just to mm-hmm. prove my emphasis on like storytelling yeah. and all about the chase like a dream of life comes to me like a catfish dance on the end of my line right like oh, like God, that's, like uh, you know the like rising oh I, look, my God. I, be- I believe in the promised land he's not in the promised land but he believes it exists so it's the chase right like like all yeah. that we invest I, in that when story i've time. had a when i've had a bad day i like i i like i am I go into the shower and start like singing darkness on the edge of town songs. I'm just like, (laughs) it's maybe me at my lowest, but you know, (laughs) I mean, that's, that's exactly that. But, um, you know, you mentioned the point about like identifying with someone who like sings about stuff that you have felt you have experienced. And that's how Mm -hmm. I I discovered, I told you about this off air, but like I discovered a band recently called the Menzingers that, um, Mm -hmm. that, they're very Springsteen influence for sure. And like, I hear it in mm-hmm. lyrics. I'm like, I've never heard someone, even Bruce, I've never heard anybody sing about something so specific like this that I've gone through. Right. So it's, mm-hmm. it's really cool when you see that. And like, I think people identify with that in characters. So, yeah, so definitely. they'll, they'll see that in, in a character. And like, you know, I mean, I've had broadcasters that are fan, mm-hmm. wrestling fans come up to me and be like, this is so cool. Like I, you are doing everything I wish I got to do. And like wow. that's hmm. really cool, you know. So, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. This is is in- incredible to to hear about, and it's such a it's even such an interesting, I think, way that you've 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 been making your dream come true. Also, because mm. I I think as long as I've known you, you've you've been interested in 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 sports and, yeah. and broadcasting and all of this, and it's uh it's it's just amazing to to see you doing all i appreciate this. that you know i'm in the yeah. rare group of people that knew exactly what they wanted to do with their life when they were five years old and you i'm pretty right. sure you probably were too um but i knew it would have something to do with dinosaurs right and but like i so distinctly remember like i was watching the 1998 home opener for the new york yankees they faced the oakland athletics the final score was 17 to 13 it was a wild game and i turned to my mom i said one day i want to be the person that talks about that and like, wow. I knew I wanted Dang. to be a sportscaster. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've kind of taken this pivot as media is changing, going from traditional TV to this new medium of doing video and audio shows online and through mm-hmm. apps. And because right. that's where the industry is going. And yeah. I have found this niche. I think there were kind of two niches that I was very good at uh, mm-hmm. baseball and pro wrestling and this is the Mm. path that i'm on right now and it's 
yeah. you know, someday, I don't know when we're going to get to that place we really want to go, you know? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Go. And speaking of which, what is Fender had the broadcaster, the telecaster. What what are your predictions for the Fender podcaster? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. How long have you had that one in your arsenal? <laughs> I wrote that down months ago. Okay. Oh, that's good. Wow. Locked and loaded, ready to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got. Oh uh, God. Mind. Sorry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, this has been so wonderful mm. to to hear your perspective on all of that. Well. Thank you, everyone who uh came to the uh, Uncanny County Museum today. This, uh, yeah, is this this is probably our first pay per view episode mm. uh, of of the UCM. Uh, <laughs> uh, John, you mentioned a bunch of things earlier, but if you want to mention uh, some places where people can find you, some stuff you'd like to plug, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can find me on social media at John Alba J O N A L B A. Lose the H H's are for losers. Uh, you can get rid of that. See, that's the pro wrestling character coming out there. Um, uh. You can um, find me. I, I uh, host on the podcast Heat Network and on ad-free shows. Uh, ad-free shows is a paywall service. Um, but uh, Podcast Heat, I'm the host of the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy and the Wives of Wrestling podcast. Um, mm-hmm. So you can check all that stuff out, and you never know. It might pop up on your TV on ESPN or Fox Sports every now and then. There's all that Uh-oh. good stuff. So, uh, yeah, just uh, check that out, and I appreciate you guys having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course. Thank Thanks you, so thank much you. for coming on. This was incredibly insightful and a yes. really interesting conversation. Yeah. You know what? If, if I can provide something for everybody whether that's insight on an industry built on a lie or uh, giving them the entertaining moment of having my face slapped in i'm glad i can mm. service my multitudes of audiences mm. <laughs> we only know about one of those things. okay good um right. <laughs> but uh regardless uh joe do you have anything you need to plug um not too much just but uh, there my work is on display at the herder gallery at the university of massachusetts amherst so feel free if you're in that area to go check it out uh, that's pretty much it at the moment, though. How about you, Zan? What do you got going on? I've got my final show, Name Pending. We're not sure what we're calling it yet. I submitted my idea to call it NFT. Nice fucking mm. title. Uh, we'll see <laughs> if that gets the votes it does uh, that it needs. Um, but yes, my uh, master's thesis show is going to be at the Tufts Medford Gallery uh, opening on May 23rd. Uh, as long as COVID keeps going down, we may actually have a reception. Oh, nice. Uh, but the show will, the work will be up May 23rd. The show will run for 11 days. Uh, again, pending title, uh, which itself sounds like a pretentious art show title. Mm, fair enough. Yeah. What are you going to do? If you would like to follow the museum after hours, we are at Uncanny Museum on Twitter and at Uncanny County Museum on Instagram. If you want to find me I on Instagram, I'm at Xanasaurus. And I'm at Josemino Art. Again, thank you so much to our guest, the Emmy Award winning John <laughs> Alba from the Uncanny County Museum in this corner, weighing in at 155. I have been Zan Peters. I've been Joe Semino. And I've been John Alba. 
Bye.